0: the power of their data wasabi another boston based championship team welcome to the official podcast of the milwaukee brewers this is brewers on tap
1: here's the pitch a card
2: Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle.
3: Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 135 of Brewers on Tap from St. Louis as the Brewers getting ready to potentially clinch a playoff berth. They're sitting at 91 and 67. They've gone 4 and 1 on this road trip. They have taken the first two games of this all-important series here in St. Louis against the Cardinals and the crew with a win on Wednesday night can punch their ticket into the postseason. They have already solidified the fact that they will have no worse than a tie against the Cardinals in their regular season records, and the Brewers will have won the regular season series from the Cardinals. So even if the Cardinals and Brewers would end up in the wild card somehow, the Brewers would have the home field advantage in that wild card. The Brewers have also solidified the fact that they will play beyond Sunday. They're not technically in the postseason yet. But there is no way the season can end without them playing beyond Sunday. So the small chance that they would have to play a game 163 on Monday, uh, a couple of different scenarios with that one in a potential tiebreak situation for the wild card. But also there's a chance they could play a 163 on Monday for the NL Central because the other development over the course of this week where the Brewers have gotten hot is that the Cubs have gotten cold and the Brewers now sit just a half game back of Chicago in the NL Central with four games to play for Milwaukee and five games to play for Chicago. The Brewers are a game back in the loss department to the Chicago Cubs. This thing's getting real, it's getting intense, and it's going to be a really fun finish here over the course of this next weekend for the 2018 championship season. Okay, we told you. Brewers sitting now at 91 and 67. The Cubs a half game in front, 91 and 66. St. Louis now four and a half back of the Cubs, four back of the Brewers. They're sitting at 87 and 71. The wild card standings: Brewers three and a half up on Colorado now, who slides into the second spot in the wild card standings at 87 and 70. And St. Louis a half game back of the Rockies at 87 and 71. Of course, the crew finishes up Wednesday night with the Cardinals day off on Thursday, and then the Brewers with three against the Tigers this weekend at Miller Park to wrap up the regular season. It has been a big road trip for a bunch of different Brewers, and again, the reigning National League Player of the Week, Christian Yelich, setting that pace. He has had another big week. He has had another big road trip. His batting average now sitting at 321. He is running away with the National League batting title. Scooter Jeanette is behind him with a 315 average. Lorenzo Kane also in that conversation uh, in the top five in the National League in batting average as well. Here is some other stuff on Christian Yelich, by the way, our weekly segment on Christian Yelich for MVP will have even more numbers coming your way on what Yelich has done but just to give you an idea what he's done on this road trip he is 8 of 20 two home runs and 11 RBIs on this road trip he drove in six on Tuesday night against the Cardinals a three-run triple and a three-run home run it's also been a big road trip for a couple of other Brewers Lorenzo Cain has done his thing, 6-for-14 on this road trip, just continuing to get on base at a ridiculous clip. We are going to talk to Eric Thames, who had a huge hit on Monday night. His role has been changed. He is now a pinch hitter, primarily for the Brewers, and we're going to talk to him about that change. That's coming up a little bit later on in Brewers on Tap. Also, we're going to sit down with Brewers.com, MLB.com reporter Adam McCalvey. We're going to get Adam's thoughts on just how crazy these next few days are going to be for the Brewers. So that's all coming your way. Let's get things started by checking in with Eric Thames.
4: Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, In 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against the lefties, I did a pretty good it, job. It's yeah. different
5: for everyone. Um, I think every, every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should
1: no, be your plan. But once we'll I got up, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was... You know, It wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses. And that's where
3: guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much.
0: Now for the clubhouse conversation.
3: Your opportunities have been primarily in September in a pinch hitting role. And you've produced very well in in, in that way. You're getting on base at a 400 clip in the month of September. What have you been able to do to keep your your mind in the game and, and be ready when your number's been called?
5: Uh, I would say it's really tough. I mean, pinch hitting and having that kind of role is probably one of the most nerve-wracking um, <laughs> jobs on the planet. I mean, you can talk to any ball player ever, and it's just rough. I mean, you you're never comfortable. Your timing's always off. You can hit in the cage all game off a machine or an arm doesn't matter. You get step in the box, you foul balls off that you usually would hit. Um, your eyes aren't adjusted to the lights. I mean, it's just it, it's tough, but you have to go up there and get a good pitch and, you know, put together a good at bat and, you know, get on base or get a big hit when the team needs it. You've been
3: drawing walks in this role a little bit as well. That's been uh, kind of part of your success here in this month.
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, teams aren't, aren't dumb. You know, they're not just going to throw me a fastball right down the middle. You know, Uh, I still get pitched the same way I got pitched early on in the year when I was playing every day. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting a good pitch in the zone. If it's not there, lay off it and, um, really buy into that mentality of you know it's about the team it's not about me and playing time and stuff like that so um yeah getting on base is huge
3: you hit a sinking liner last night arguably the biggest hit of the game and one of the bigger hits in this month considering the stakes last night it gets under the glove of martinez goes to the wall you end up at third base when it's all said and done uh, how gratifying was that for you to be able to to come up big in a spot like that?
5: Oh, it was awesome. I mean, for the last, like, month and a half, it felt like, you know, I wasn't really contributing to the team, um, you know, and that's kind of a hard thing as a player, you know, uh, to deal with that. But last night I felt like I was a part of the team, and it felt like I was, you know, I did something good for everybody and that, you know, for it to end up in a win and, and to contribute, that's, like, the best feeling, you know, when you're part of a group like this one, so... Um, like I said, it was awesome. It was a big win. Uh, we were all pretty pumped at the end of the night and we got to keep rolling. I mean, it's going to feel really good, you know, come Tuesday and beyond. So let's do it.
3: You're, you're a very introspective guy. You, 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 learned a lot about yourself when you went to South Korea. How have those experiences helped you through maybe a little bit of a change in roles over the last month or so? Uh,
5: it got me to, especially this last month. I mean, this was a rough year with injuries and the freak thing with my thumb and, you know, the years happened before that, that happened, uh, it was very rough. Um, so it's one of those things, you know, I've been reading a lot, you know, kind of just getting back to, you know, getting back to, like, my mentality, getting back to, like, my mental training and a matter of just, like, you know, pounding the stone, you know, just do, like, work on, you know, my mastery of hitting off the tee and just my body, my mechanics, my mindset, and this win or lose or hit or error or whatever happens, like, just, you can't control that stuff, just... You know, work on practice and work on you know training myself, and that's all I could do.
3: You mentioned how satisfying it was to feel like you really contributed last night and be a part of helping this team get that win. Isn't that what makes this team special in a lot of ways? That there there are a lot of guys right now in that clubhouse, and there's a lot of guys that can help contribute on any given night. And it seems like everybody is all still pulling in that same direction.
5: Yeah, definitely. You know, even the playing time comes in a premium for a lot of guys. It's just of those things, you know, it's like at the end of the day, like when we win, we all win. Uh, we all go to the playoffs. We all get rings. We all celebrate when, you know, you know, knock away, don't want to jinx anything. Uh, but, yeah, it's a team thing. We all buy into it. We all know that's what it's going to take for us to win. So we're all in.
3: Eric, we've talked about this before, but your daily routine to get yourself ready to go. To just take us through the, the Clip Notes version of what that's like.
5: It's changed a little bit since I don't play every day. Before, um, if I played every day, I would rest a lot, stretch a lot more. Um, but now it's just a matter of like staying ready, you know. A lot of sprints, a lot of weight training, stretching, reading, uh, hitting, you know, like studying film and video. Um, it's a lot of it to keep my mind there, you know. I'm trying not to like just because I'm not physically as active as I normally would be, but my brain has to be, you know, even more active, you know, to kind of stay ready. So. Um, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of preparation, you know, because you never know in that big opportunity in the eighth inning, fourth inning, you never know. So you have to just stay ready.
3: Eric, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Our thanks to Eric Thames for giving us some time. And it was neat to see him come up with a big hit on Monday night, that triple that ended up helping propel the Brewers to that come from behind victory over the Cardinals. Let's take a listen to what the last week has sounded like for the crew.
1: And the pitch to Jesus Aguilar. Bouncer back up the middle. Base hit. Jeanette off balance throw late. And Aggie's got an RBI on an infield
2: base hit. Or on the outfield, if you will. That's where Jeanette finally made the backhanded grab on it. 1 0 Brewers as Harvey sets again and deals. Fly ball deep right. Back Shevler. Admiring. Three run blast. Jesus Aguilar. 4 nothing Milwaukee.
1: He's running and deals again. And Pena sends one in the air to left and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Manny Pena! What a battle! And Pena wins it. With his ninth home run of the year. A three-run shot. And a no doubt about the kick it. The in the pitch. Swing and a drive to right and deep hey get up get out of here gone for travis shaw and the brewers have the lead and the pitch swinging a drive to the gap in right center way back get up get out of here gone for moustakas and the brewers add two more on another long home run This time against the left-handed offerings of Stephen Braun, And the pitch. Kratz sends one in the air to left center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Eric Christian waiting in the pitch. Lined into right deep. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Christian Yelich. He has just hit a three-run shot out of here. And I mean really tattooed that one. And the pitch. Swinging and a drive to right. Deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone to the Allegheny River. That one turned a couple of boats around out there. Listening to the game and uh, trying to retrieve a two-run shot by Travis Shaw. That one was hit a ton in the air and way, way out of pitch. here. Pitch swing and a drive to right. Deep. Get up. Get out of here. It is gone for Mustakas. And the Brewers add one more on a line drive home run by Mike Mustakas. Braun drives it to left and deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Ryan Braun to the third deck. Off of Jack Flaherty. That is his 16th of the year. And the Brewers have the early lead. He is ready again. And a throw to first. And that ball getting by. Carpenter and Thames will score. And the Brewers have the lead. Here it is. Yelich knocks one. Fair down the left field line. Into the corner. This could score a run. Kane around third. He will score, and the Brewers add one more on 2-0. a scorching Line double drive, by deep Christian right field. Going back,
2: Martinez at the warning track, at the wall, it's 1-0 Brewers. On a 2-0 pitch, Gombert tried to sneak a fastball by Jesus Aguilar, and he hit it out the opposite way. 1-1 pitch. That's launched, deep left field, back Ozuna, and the Brewers have gone back-to-back. Bronze 17th, not as majestic as last night, but it counts Ross all the same. Ross looking into
3: the most dangerous hitter in the National League. The 0-1 pitch, and Yelich gaps this one into right center field. Get a roll all the way to the wall, should clear the bases. Pena scores, Gonzalez scores, Kane's going to score standing up, and Yelich digging for threes in there with a three-run triple, and the Brewers lead it
2: 6-0. The pitch home. Fly ball, deep left center field. Back is Bader watching. Gone! Huge insurance run for the Brewers, and how about a pair? Two run blast by Ryan Braun makes it 9 4. Five run lead for the Brewers in the top of the ninth inning, looking for more. Here's Yelich. The pitch from Cecil. Fly ball, deep center field. Bader on his way back on the warning track. He jumps, it's gone. You walk Kane. You get a blast by Yelich. It's 12-4 Brewers on a three-run shot by Yelich. And let the MVP chance rain down, Brewers fans. His 33rd of the year. And he's got six runs batted in tonight.
3: It's been an exciting week, and the Brewers right on the doorstep now. Adam McCalvey of MLB.com joins us to talk about this last push for the crew
0: let's break it down we're
3: joined by adam mccalvey mlb.com writer he covers the brewers on a daily basis and you've done this for a long time and 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 this this playoff race has been really fascinating maybe not as dramatic in the sense of are the brewers going to make the postseason or not but in what fashion are they going to make the postseason is still very dramatic and there's still a lot to play out in that regard what what has been your impression of this last week as the Brewers have started to close that gap and started to look more at that central? Maybe they always were, but now the fans are starting to look more at the central and maybe looking a little bit less at the wild card.
4: Uh, yeah, what strikes me, well, Yelich, number one. Christian Yelich is just an incredible uh, character to cover this season. I think it'll be something that we look back on as kind of the Yelich year, or at least the Yelich second half. You know, in a bigger picture, though, um, The brewers are rising to this, and uh, that's very impressive because I think that if you sort of went out on the street in Milwaukee and polled 10 people with brewers gear on and said, what's your perception of how the brewers do in the second half? They'd say they have this tradition of being great in the first half and fading in the second half. I think that's a little overstated because you remember the, the collapses. You remember 2014. You don't remember the years where they were not good in the second half or in the first half and then played really well down the stretch, but I digress. They've won now 10 of 11 series. Um, They adopted this, you know, take the series mentality. That gets you to where you want to go. It looks like it's going to get them to where they want to go in one way or another. Obviously, as we talk here, they want the division, and they've played themselves back into that with some help from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, And, you know, that's going to make the final series of the regular season very dramatic. But I think Craig Council and, and the team gets a lot of credit for uh, getting past that terrible July, um, the, the tough stretch into and out of the break, and really playing their best games down the stretch. Now, can they keep it going for, like, three more weeks is is the question. And um, this for uh, a lot of these guys, this isn't new. Kane and... Mike Moustakas have obviously done this before, but there's a lot of guys on this club that are very important players for this team that have not done this before. And can those guys play the same game should they get to October? Uh, that's going to that's gonna determine how far they go.
3: There was a lot of attention placed at the deadline and then again at uh, the end of August on the moves the Brewers made or maybe didn't make. And it's fun to look back on it now and see this offense performing at the clip that it is. It's been a better offense than the Chicago Cubs over the course of the second half. And that's one of the reasons they've been able to get back into this. And also the expanded rosters, I think in September with the depth that the brewers have has played a big role in this also, but there was a lot of hand wringing over, Hey, they didn't go get a starter at the deadline or they added bats, but we aren't sure how they fit. It's worked. And so I think you got to give David Stearns and, and his front office, a lot of credit for that, but you also have to give Craig council a lot of credit for it for finding a way to execute a plan to get all these guys there at bats and keep all these guys engaged. I, I, I think that's been a hard job, and he's managed to do it. It's really been amazing to me.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see where he fits in the manager of the year balloting. That's, you know, obviously a, there's, they have bigger fish to fry right now, but that'll come up in, in November. I think it's not until November those awards come out. Um, the trades are really interesting. It's going to take me a long time to sort of digest this because – they, I think you can make an argument that they didn't have a big impact, too. I mean, Moustakas is not swinging a great bat. He's, he's been of the guys they picked up, I think, the one that's played the biggest role. But but scope has really faded in terms of his role. Um, Gio Gonzalez has filled a spot nicely. We'll see where he fits in uh, the postseason picture. Um, Joakim Soria has filled a big role in terms of joining that back-end group. And lately he's had a couple of good outings, but his numbers overall haven't been that great for the Brewers. He's right. been trying to find it, and they've been consistently giving him the ball, trying to get him to a place where he feels you know, he has the right rest and can really perform. Um, but, you know, it's it's, it's Kane and Yelich to me. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, the additions probably helped them get the rest that the guys they had needed, and maybe they're fresh at, at a time where they need them to be fresh and productive. Um, but it hasn't been like, uh, you know, you pick up a guy and he puts you on his back. It's been the guy they picked up in January that have done right. that. I think Kane and Yelich. So I, I'm not disagreeing with what, what you're saying, but I think we can, I'd like some help sometimes sitting down and like getting thoughts of a bunch of different people about yeah. what they think the impact of those trades were, because I, it's not as simple as sometimes, right. you know. A guy's great or a guy's a bust. I think it's somewhere in the middle where it created this whole puzzle that Craig Council made work with all these extra pieces.
3: Yeah, and I think you can spin the numbers a little bit too. One, and this isn't the numbers, but you can talk about how it lengthened the lineup. And I think mm-hmm. that that had an impact. Guys were hitting in different spots, and maybe their roles changed a little bit. And that can impact things kind of down the line. But also, when you look at Mustakis and what he's done with runners in scoring position, Granderson's been getting on base at a really good clip. And the other move that they made that has been the sneaky good trade. He didn't have his best night last night. Has been Xavier Cedeno having another lefty that can get lefties out, especially again in September with the expanded rosters. That's been a nice weapon for for Craig Council as well.
4: Yeah, and look, the key to that is Josh Hader. The yeah. key to everything is Josh Hader for me. Like yeah. if there is one, like Christian Yelich is, is has carried them to this point. If they get into the month of October and. Maybe even in a wild card game, but more so in a series. I think Josh Hader is that X factor. When can they use him? Can he get the outs they need him to get? Then get the days off he needs to do it again three days later or whatever it is. Those travel days help you. And having Xavier Cedeno uh, with Dan Jennings and Josh Hader has given them way more choices of where they deploy that lefty in a big spot. Uh, including Dan Jennings to start a game this week, which was <laughs> fun, uh, fun and interesting to cover. Um, but, you know, Hater is in a really, really good place as we sit here with four games to go. Um, and that is going to be incredibly important. I think as they, you know, they still need to get in, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. officially, but, but should they get in, that's going to be, I, I think kind of the key to everything.
3: And when you talk about Hater, and you, you start, and I was looking at this earlier today and you start looking at his numbers and then, You're looking at Christian Yelich's numbers, and you're looking at Lorenzo Cain's numbers, and you realize the Brewers have three of maybe the ten most elite players, regardless of position in the National League. It's really incredible. Speaking of elite players and the numbers, everybody's talking to you about this right now. Christian Yelich and his MVP candidacy, uh, about a month ago we would have said Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich and where they fit in the conversation, and that is no fault of Lorenzo Cain's that it's now just really about Christian Yelich. He's just kind of put the – Pedal to the metal, and it seems like he separated himself in this conversation a little bit right now.
4: Yeah, Craig Council said it really cool, I thought, um, last night after Yelich had the six RBIs. um, He's getting better. It's getting, it's somehow getting better. The best second half in baseball is getting better. And I was looking at numbers, and as we sit here right now, Yelich's second half slugging percentage is 101 points better than the next best qualifier, not in the National League, in the major leagues. Wow. He is so far and above. Every other player since the break. And by the way, he homered in the All Star game too. Let's not forget that. Um, You know, I think he has taken a lot of the drama out of the debate. Um, You know, I can't say, I I, I think I can say I have a ballot. I'm not supposed to reveal how I'm going to form that ballot. But I think generally you can say as a voter, I, I, I said this going into it because there was a point about a month ago where there were six or so really, really good candidates yeah. in the National League. And Lorenzo Cain was one of them because of the war, g- folds in, bakes in all the stuff he does on defense and base running. And it's not the end-all, be-all, um, but it's certainly something that helps when, when you have this really hard task to rank the 10 best players, including pitchers. Um, so it was really tough. And I, I thought at the time that whoever – sort of steals the headlines down the stretch is going to be the guy that does it because these are all great players they're all going to be theoretically very good down the stretch for their teams and playing important games for a lot of contending clubs so who who is going to have like those special moments and it's it's Benallege the two cycles yeah. the 6 RBIs last night um, the crazy stuff he's done, the humble way in which he's done it. He was saying yesterday, you know, the attention is a little much over the last three weeks. Um, it's been a lot. He's got Kardashians tweeting at him. Unfortunately, Rob Kardashian. No offense, <laughs> Rob. Uh, you know, but but it's it's been a lot. But he's handled it in this, like, chill California kind of way and um, trying to embrace it. And you know what I like, Lane, is... Um, A couple of times this season, he has talked about Jose Fernandez and the impact that losing his friend two years ago had on his outlook on life and baseball and in terms of seizing moments and opportunities. Um, He referenced that when Freddie Peralta was doing the crazy things at the beginning of his run. He talked about Jose um, when Yelich accepted an invitation to go play in Japan in November instead of like resting at the end of this grueling season. He talked about Jose and how it just he's not going to let opportunities pass him by in life. And then last night, um, it was the anniversary of, of Jose Fernandez's passing, and um, that was on his mind again, kind of, just in terms of seizing moments. He doesn't, you know, some guys would never talk about that. Some guys would say, you know, that MVP race is for you. And they'd be perfectly legitimate in saying that. He'll talk about it. He'll say, like, this is here, this is happening, embrace it. And I think his, just his capacity to sort of, Um, not block things out, but just take everything in, has been part of what's made him good.
3: His humble presence about him. I think everybody that's around him, it it really strikes them. I I had a conversation with him um, the night before he hit for the cycle for the first time in Cincinnati, and I asked him about kind of being in the tree, so to speak. You know, He had been in such a hot streak since the beginning of July, and I said, have you ever had a a run like this before? And he goes, "I, I don't really consider that i don't consider it that i'm hot right now i just kind of feel like i'm showing up at the ballpark and doing my job every day and i was like wow that's uh, it's it's really amazing how he approaches the game of baseball and and the humble nature in which he does it we appreciate it thanks so much and uh we'll see you at the ballpark tonight
4: all right thanks Lane.
5: let's
0: crunch the numbers in sabermetrics 101
3: Well, there are a bunch of different reasons why we believe Christian Yelich deserves to win the MVP. And it's starting to get more and more obvious that it looks like he's going to be the guy that wins the MVP. But let's just dive into some more numbers. Each week, we hit you with different numbers that stand out about Christian Yelich. And how about runners in scoring position? 40 for 124 in the year. That's a 323 average with runners in scoring position this year for Christian Yelich. Let's dive into some of the other numbers in terms of ranks in the National League. He leads the National League in batting average, as we already told you, 321 average. He leads the National League in slugging percentage with a 583 slugging percentage. He leads the National League in OPS with a 973 OPS. He is second in the National League in runs scored with 110, second in total bases with 328. Tied for third in hits, fourth in RBIs now with 104. He is fourth in extra base hits with 74. He is sixth in on base percentage with a 390. He's tied for six with 33 home runs, and he's tied for eighth with seven triples. I mean, we could just keep going down the list here. Here's the deal. It's not just those numbers. It's the moments that Yelich has provided whether it was tying the game against the Cardinals in the opening homestand of the season, or it was the two cycles against the Cincinnati Reds, or it's the six RBIs on Tuesday night against the Cardinals at Bush Stadium, or whether it's the small things like beating out a throw from Chris Bryant to help the Brewers beat the Cubs at Miller Park. Christian Yelich has found himself in the middle of the biggest moments of the Brewers all season long, and he's consistently delivered. And in my book, that's a most valuable player.
0: Here's what's on tap.
3: All right, here is what's coming up for the crew, and that is Fan Appreciation Weekend this weekend. The Tigers in town. It's the final regular season home series of the year for the crew. It's the final regular season series of the weekend for the crew. The 28th through the 30th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Of course, Saturday a lucky fan is going to win the grand prize. That's a 2019 Toyota Corolla hatchback. Compliments of your Wisconsin Toyota deal- dealers. All weekend fans are going to enjoy a variety of giveaways and prizes. All fans in attendance throughout the series are going to receive 2019 Brewers magnetic schedule. Compliments of pick and save. In addition, the first 20,000 fans in attendance for any of the three games against the Tigers will receive a scratch-off card containing prizes such as free 2019 game tickets, Ten dollar food and beverage vouchers, autograph baseballs, game-used jerseys, a hundred dollar Brewers team store, buy a majestic shopping spree, and a club-level suite to a 2019 game for an extra chance to win. Ten fans check in at Miller Park through the MLB Ballpark app during the weekend will be selected at random to win a special prize. Fans are encouraged to download the MLB Ballpark app on their smartphones before they get to the ballpark. And then, of course, the celebration reaches its climax on Fan Appreciation Night on Saturday night, and that is when that Toyota will be given away. And, of course, uh, the fans will also receive a 2018 Brewers team photo and will be automatically entered into that drawing to win all those different prizes we just talked about uh, over the course of the night. It's going to be fun. We hope to see you out there at the ballpark, and we hope, we hope that we're going to be able to see you at the ballpark beyond that as well for the 2018 postseason. All right, that's going to do it for us. It's been episode number 135. It's been a good one. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week from somewhere, probably Milwaukee. I'm Lane Grimble.